Yo, what's up, and welcome back to another episode of The Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jibreel Sahemi, and as usual, or I guess not so usual for this theme, we have the two guys coming back for an episode of The Movie Newbie. They're coming back for this theme, because we got to finish with the two guys. We've got Raf and Ollie. How about you guys say hello? Hey Just there. Uh, yeah, we're having a cigarette here. Yeah, smoking a uh, atom bomb, sir. Right, we're going to have a couple of lucky strikes before we start this episode, sir. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, we, 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 got, we got taken sorry. away. We got taken away. <laughs> what well, mm-hmm. is Oppenheimer? See, so yeah. what's this oh, dame's yeah. name over here? Yeah. So what's this beautiful bride's name over here? Right? <laughs> and uh, we've got coming back to finish off the theme. Me, Lorna, Cyril, Cyril, Cyril. Yeah. Hello. Hey. No voices from me. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna be talking like this, see. What is it called? The Intercontinental Act? No, that's not the Intercontinental Transatlantic accent. Transatlantic. <laughs> intercontinental. <laughs> What's that breakfast called? Uh, the Continental, continental, continental Breakfast. Oh, that's what so they serve at a hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah. But without eggs. How did we it's get here, I wonder? Well, Intercontinental, <laughs> Transatlantic, Female Continental Breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Female guests. Yeah. Female guests. Continental Breakfast. What do we do? <laughs> talk about food. Wait, let's talk about breakfast okay, food and hotels and eggs. Food is universal. <clears throat> Anyways, we are back true, true for episode that. 96. Holy fuck, we're almost, we're almost there. there. Oh my goodness. We're almost yeah. there. I can feel it in my tank. We're so close to 100. <laughs> I, I can feel it in my pancreas. <laughs> oh. Jabriel, where do you feel out. it? Uh, uh, I feel it in my. Uh, I don't. I don't feel anything. I feel it oh. in my fingers. <laughs> I, I feel it in my toes. Um, but yeah, we're doing Oppenheimer for this one. Yeah, can uh, we be serious? Yeah, we, get, I think we do have to serious be a little film. bit serious for this film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's uh, latest flick, uh, starring <laughs> Kill- Killian, Cillian, Killian, Killian, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yeah. Um, Emily Blunt, uh, Florence Pugh, Florence Pugh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. How about how about um, just say the greatest cast ever? Yeah. Yeah. Any any um any male, any male character actor between the ages of thirty five and sixty is basically in this film. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, and then two female actors, yeah, yes. two, and then two, two women. Two yeah, two women. gotta get in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I guess we should just start off with our initial thoughts. Because I don't think there's anything more to say about this film. Yeah. Yeah. Lorna, Lorna please. Yeah. Kick us off. I mean, I like the hype towards the film. Mm. I don't think I've really seen. It's funny how like much hype there is to see this film in a certain aspect ratio. It's always funny when you see a film that's like, you have to go see an IMAX, like Avatar or like any action film. And again, it was like, you have to see this in IMAX. And it was like, okay, cool. But it's like 25 quid. Do I want to spend this? But you do mm. kind of feel like you've missed out if you haven't. Like I didn't watch it in IMAX. I watched it in the Genesis Cinema. And not going to lie, it wasn't maybe the, the greatest experience. Mm. The sound was a wee bit shit. Mm. Oh, we yeah. went to go see it in 35 mil, which I was really excited to see. But I think maybe they set up the projector wrong and it was just a little bit out of focus, yeah, which was really annoying. Oh, damn. Um, you had a troubled yeah. experience. Because like, yeah. there's even a point where it was like, bloop. And it felt like the thing changed to another projector or something. But no then way. I don't think that works 
I'm not really I sure. Know. I don't know. I was a bit disappointed. That's the, to the last point where film. Like, that's the last film. Exactly. We're ten minutes in, and I was so tempted to just be like, "Should we just go and just yeah. like pay to go see it another day?" Yeah. But I was like, "Fuck it. We're here. We're, we're prepared for three hours. Mm. Let's just do it." But I am a wee bit gutted that we hadn't gone yeah. with the hype and then went to go see it in IMAX. But it's. Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoy this whole like race into the cinema. Can't find, you know, like it happened when Dune, I think, came out when it was just like it was impossible to see. And I don't know, for me, I'm like, oh, it's such a nice feeling because yeah. it just makes you excited for the cinema again. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. And it's sure. kind of like a bit of a competition of like who gets to see it first, like your friends. Mm. Movie going mm. experience. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it just feels nice. It depends what film, but like, I do really enjoy being in like a full cinema. Mm. It just makes it feel so much more like the actual experience you're meant to feel. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Way, no, know. for sure, for sure, for sure. I rem- I mean, for me, it was, uh, <laughs> this is a bad example, but I think we were in a full cinema when we watched Transformers and a lot of people reacted to that film. And then there was like the Marvel, you know, Infinity yeah, War, yeah. Endgame. Seeing that people in full screaming. cinema, people screaming for yeah. like fucking Captain America showing up. And that's like, oh, cool. Like this is a movie going experience. Again, yeah. this is the summer, Oppenheimer with Barbie. This, this this is like people are like this is eventful this feels yeah. like a forward motion yeah. in like society going well, like, see, like we're wanting the difference to see cinema. Is, is that it's not marvel it's this not is it. star this wars is it. it's not yeah like, it's not a franchise it's known. not a studio yeah. it's yeah yeah it's yeah. it's 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 original ip yeah which i enjoy and i like how the the science museum was showing it right on which i really wish i saw it there yeah. i might go soon so despite your tainted experience because of the cinema itself, how do you? What did you think about you know the-, the film that like the making of the film was super impressive, mm. but it was what I expected. I went in, I watched it, and it was what I thought it was going to be. I wasn't really surprised. I don't know if maybe I can go into it a bit later, but yeah, I it was it was a good movie. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah, but like, I feel like there's a lot more you have to say yeah. about yeah. it, but um, just uh, you kind of. Like, kind of keep yeah. your cards close to your chest. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about you guys? I mean, I Jesus, I I mean, oh if God. I if I can begin, <laughs> I think this is one of the most important films. Well, let's just put it in per- into perspective. Yeah. We watched it about like ten days ago or a week ago, and you guys watched it yesterday. No, on on Sunday. Sunday so like yeah, five Sunday. five days ago. So more more recent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the last week. Yeah. But when you say important film, like. What yes. do you mean? So okay, because it's so like for I'll, me, I'm like this film is like a history film, which is obviously it is what it is, but it feels like I'm watching something well, of a History Channel. I think that's more for armchair. Sorry, sorry. Part. Okay, no, yeah, no, no, no. Well, I, I get, I get what you're, you're you're trying to say. But here, my initial thoughts is I I do think it's one of the most important films that has been made in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Christopher Nolan has probably made one of his more important films. Yeah, uh, and one of the most significant films in his um, filmography. Uh, I think because of the subject matter. It is a vital significance mm-hmm. because I, you know, we all know what happened to Nagasaki and Hiroshima. We all know of these events, but I don't think a lot of us grasped the content of behind yeah. the, the events. And I don't think it was ever shown to us what it actually meant to create nuclear power. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think for me, that is what is significant about this film is that. I was horrified. Mm. I was left kind of like shaken by it because it's a scary ass fucking film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like shit, we created like this isn't fiction. 
Yeah. There's nothing fiction. There's no, nothing fictional about it. This is history. Like a bunch of fucking men, scientists went about creating this. One of which Oppenheimer was the chieftain to, 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 to lead this expedition to create fucking nuclear, essentially nuclear war, yeah. which is what we have been shadowed by mm. ever since its creation. And the scary thing is, one of the most scary thing is, is that this was all told through brilliant writing, brilliant performances from an ex, like a stellar ensemble cast that I think is probably one of the most ambitious, ambitiously assembled casts in, in the last 21st century. I haven't seen a cast this fucking huge. I don't know how long it's been. Um, and you're getting a score that will like send shivers through your spine cinematography that will have you like bowling over your eyes all in the pace of like this atomic power mm. um with like the first act kind of setting a piece together and then you get to the second act and it just goes fucking fourth gear and you're just like launched mm -hmm. and then when it comes to the actual moment i think i was jot i my i looked at ollie and i remember just like with my mouth open going like oh, what the <laughs> fuck just happened but not in like hurrah in like fear. Oh yeah, of course. I'm like in like <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Like we like that that's that that is the moment the world changed forever. Yeah. Yeah. And for a fucked up reason. Yeah. And like And it didn't even have to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I think I remember Matt Damon saying like what are the odds of us like blowing up the atmosphere? Mm. And Killian saying like that ah, near zero. Yeah. yeah. And it's like mm. and we we fucked with that. We like humans went ah, like let's just still do it anyways yeah. yeah and that's so fucked up to me that's why this movie's haunting mm -hmm. it's like a beautiful haunting uh cinematic uh, fucking piece of art that like lingers yeah that's why like if, even if i watched it a month ago it would still be scarred in my brain mm -hmm. anyways yeah, no, I, I, I mean, there's not much I can add to that. Yeah, no, I, I, I loved it. I thought, yeah, I, I've only seen it the one time. I'd love to see it again. In IMAX. We haven't um, seen it in IMAX. Sorry. Yeah. It was just such a, a, a visceral experience. Um, you know, uh, I'm not the, I'm not a massive Nolan fan necessarily. I do like quite a few of his films, but I think this is the most mature work he's ever done. Uh, I think it's really well written. And I think that's saying something because that's impressive because I don't think one of Christopher Nolan's gifts actually is his ability to write psychology or dialogue. I don't think he's particularly good at that or hasn't been in the past. And mm -hmm. I thought it was such a well-written film for like a three-hour, mostly talk-driven film. I thought it was mm. absolutely captivating. I thought the performances across the board were great. I loved how, as a director, Nolan delved more into surrealism or abstraction when making this because he's usually even yeah. I mean, he made a film about dreams inception but one of your main one of uh criticism that you see against that film is that it, it it's actually very dry in many ways it yeah. doesn't have any feverish qualities to it yet this film yeah you can feel that something has shifted in the way he decided to approach this yeah. script and from a filmmaking perspective yeah i thought i thought it was i thought it was pretty phenomenal um i'm still chewing on it but yeah yeah um i guess like for this film, you can't talk about it without talking about Barbie, right? So <laughs> I'm going to talk about like the first well, two. No, 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 no. So like they both no, came out, like the yeah. both the trailers came out around the same time. They both dropped on the same weekend. Um, I remember watching the Barbie trailer and being like, 
I cannot fucking wait for this film. And then watching the Oppenheimer trailer, and I was like, I can't be fucked to watch this other biopic of like some other dude. Like, I'm so tired of biopics, which which I am. Um, then I guess it was just like the marketing, uh, the marketing of both films made me really, really excited to watch both for two different reasons entirely. Because yeah. when I first saw Oppenheimer, I was like, Oppenheimer sounds like, I don't know, I didn't know anything about the the. Well, I knew about the bomb, but I didn't know. About, about the Manhattan who, Project. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. Manhattan Project, you hear that word, but you never really hear Oppenheimer being yeah. spoken about. So it was really cool to just um, watch that film and then go through this dramatized Wikipedia page. But it's like the most incredible, interesting, dramat- dramatized Wikipedia page you can. And with the time that you do watch it, you get a lot of insight into his history, into his thought process into what his personal life is, but also like how he felt about doing something like that. You know, it's like, I think I'm not sure if it was a line in the film or maybe it was a line of the critique, but it was like somebody was asking about the Nobel peace prize. And I think it was a line, uh, but he was like, yeah, well then uh, Nobel invented dynamite. Oh yeah. You know? So Mm. like, um, it's it's that play of like how much power do we have mm. as humans, you know? Like, is it always necessarily greener on the other side? You know, it's just questions of war and conflict and fixing that, you know. Are we fighting the Germans, the Nazis? No, we're actually fighting the Japanese, but they're um they're actually just gonna they're probably gonna lose. So we do we have to bomb them? It's it's like so many different things of like uh so a race against time, right? So the Nazis were developing the yeah. this, this exact thing, so it became a point of desperation. And then the communists, you know, there's so many factors in this. Um, what is it? It's not Jim Crow. It's uh, McCarthyism. Um, so, like, even in that time of McCarthyism, like, you're seeing, oh, yeah, the Nazis, they used to go with the SS and find Jewish people and take them from their homes and send them to camps. But in the States, they were doing the exact same thing with communists quote unquote communists you know they they anybody could have been a communist if if they made it seem so you know um if you had any sort of ties to the ussr you know so like there's this dichotomy of um points of view in the film that is being explored which is really interesting the character study of oppenheimer is interesting obviously the performances were amazing visually it was great but there are things that didn't land for me and yeah, yeah, I guess we can talk about that in the armchair, but I guess it's time to talk about our favorite scene. So I can start. Go for it. Yeah. yeah so yeah, please. My favorite scene, and I think was the most incredible scene because of the sound, like the sound mm. design, um, the way it worked, the visually. Um, I don't know if I've maybe spoken I've definitely spoken to Lorna about this, but I'm not sure about you guys. But it's the the exact moment after the explosion, yeah, I when know you're talking um, about. Oppenheimer is giving bitch. a speech, um, a speech say to this the one? other the scientists, like the, oh, uh, the bleachers and the gymnasium, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. get the, the stomps, of yeah. the stomps, and then screaming. You hear, so they're stomping, but and then you, you heard also that stomping before as well in previous well, parts. Of well, the film. so the thing is, right, the stomping, the cheers is also they they um, they uh, I don't know how to explain this like they at the same time they like uh put marching of boots so it sounds like the army in japan 
you have the sounds of people cheering because yeah the war is over but then you hear cries of like japanese civilians dying mm. like mixed in with the sound of that scene and you see like uh, i think it's a shot of him just walking through the people mm. and then going outside and i think he's having a bit of a panic attack yeah and you see it in his mind it's like did i do a good thing mm. did i do a bad thing i killed a bunch of people i didn't have to make this bomb but and you have the, like the war you, wouldn't have stopped. And you, you have stuff where you really—it's really divorcing from reality because you see yeah. a couple making love underneath the bleachers, and then he sees it's, them again <laughs> a moment later, and and he, the guy's sobbing uncontrollably. Yeah. And it's like part of this whole death and sex, almost like yeah. bringing it back to the Bhagavad Gita thing. Ah, it's just—it's kind of like really the, interesting. The, yeah. the beginning of that Kesha song, you know, "Wake Up in the Morning." <laughs> <laughs> In the, exactly in the music video though it's like yeah. she wakes up and it's that kind of thing but like uh, <laughs> the fuck hashtag Jabrielism straight up Jabrielism right there it's like that kid I mean at least it wasn't a Harry Potter reference but yeah that was my favorite scene just cause like uh, the character himself like you can see the battle going on inside his brain, plus like visually, sonically, like everything about that scene screamed like when I watched that scene, I was like, This is my favorite movie ever. Like walking out okay. of the cinema, and I was, was like, when, I and, love this movie. And that was but, when you could see Christopher Nolan was was trying his hand at making a horror movie. I think he said that in an interview. He's like, really? This is the closest I wanted to make a horror film and that's the closest I've got. Yeah. And that scene you're talking about was it's his horror, horror film okay. in my opinion well it makes sense because yeah. like it was very horrific yeah. and yeah so like walking out of the cinema I was like this is my favorite but now having a few days to let it chill I don't know I don't know yet and again I, I think this scene proves to me that like it wasn't a, a piece of glorification right there was no glorified moments when in the film because a lot of war films tend to fall into glorification but this really is a haunting it's mm -hmm. a haunting of what man can do in possession mm -hmm. of like great power great minds and a lot of money and military yeah. you know supervision yeah. yeah and it's like yeah i i feel like christopher nolan told not just a cautionary tale but a horror and and that is uh the closest we're gonna get with with that scene especially mm -hmm. yeah that scene was 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 etched in the brains of my mind. Yeah. That doesn't even make any sense, but it did to me right there. Um, mm. Yeah, and Killian's, you know, piercing, yeah. piercing eyes, yes. just mm. fucking vaporizing the screen. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say this one, but I think my second would be like, obviously, moments after the bomb has exploded, and for a while, yeah, you could hear breathing, and I thought it was Oppenheimer's breath, but it's not. It's like f them having mm. sex. That came in Florence and it goes back to that yeah. moment, and you're like, fuck. Stop. This is weird. But yeah, I really like that moment. Because obviously, the whole film is so fast paced and so dialogue. Mm. And you kind of get a sense of not relief when the bong goes off, because obviously, you, you are waiting for this moment as well. So you're kind of so tense that weirdly, when it goes off, you kind of do like really relax. But it's also like this is a horrible moment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 hard actually picking one, also because I, I didn't prepare it. Um, <laughs> That's that okay. hard. It's You're difficult because like, I, I don't do anything. Yeah, but also like I um I it's I was gonna go for the same scene as Jabril and and you picked as well, Lorna, initially. But um I think as well because this film moves like you said so fast, it jumps from so many scenes, especially in that first hour and a half. 
that it um, it's almost hard to pick point a single scene because they, it always feels as like as part of this current that yeah. just keeps on moving. Um, so the thing that jumps out to mind is when it actually slows down and takes a beat. I think uh, just picking one off the top of my head, um, I think um, I really liked when um, when uh, sorry when Robert Downey Jr.'s character he plays Louis Stross and he's kind of the the antagonist I suppose for the um uh for the film he uh finds out that Rami Malek's character see this is how this the cast you know the, he um he finds out basically he's been betrayed in a way because um that one character spoke out against him at the hearing and he goes back to his um uh office and this is in black and white and it's IMAX cameras and it's following Robert Downey Jr and it's like he's playing Nixon all of a sudden and he's just going on this monologue just like ranting against people like Oppenheimer and how what was meant to be the crowning achievement of his political career ended up being the most humiliating moment of his life. And I, I, I really liked Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. It was great to see Iron Man not be Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so and and that's when I thought the the Oliver Stone comparisons mm. were most obvious to me because that felt like something out of Nixon JFK. or JFK. Yeah. Exactly. And that was something that was where it wasn't it was just pure like Shakespearean monologuing, which I never thought I'd see Nolan pull off, but he did. I'm gonna throw another comparison at you. Um, and this like came up to came up in my mind uh, on my walk home. Amadeus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amadeus. Absolutely. Fucking, uh, Salieri and Mozart. Salieri and Mozart, dude. And like Robert Downey Jr. gave me Salieri vibes, man. Like totally. straight up F, F. Murray Abram, like just he and, and that that like friction between those characters of like stealing his glory or taking away something from him and and, and like his his resentment his towards, resentment towards people that, yeah. like because he he didn't have a scientific background yeah. he wasn't educated yeah. he was a lowly shoe salesman yeah yeah had this great thespian kind of rivalry yeah absolutely. which amadeus kind of has and if you haven't seen amadeus go watch amadeus um but uh yeah great scene great scene i think like you said robert downey jr is so welcoming to see him play someone well, it's, it's such a layered performance because he starts the movie almost as the narrator yeah, yeah. as like this friendly trustworthy character yeah. who's sort yeah. of like oh that Oppenheimer sure is a quirk mm. yeah. and then all of a sudden he becomes like the villain of the, the villain movie of the yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Fuck? it turns yeah. And to be honest, I saw it turn as soon as he tried to say hello to Einstein. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why I was like, ooh, he's he, not good. He no good. Yeah, he no good. He no bueno. <laughs> um, yeah, great scene. Great. And like Robert Downey Jr. talking about like crowning achievement. And mm. I hope I hope, I hope, he gets that Oscar. I hope he gets that gold. I think he will. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I think this movie will. If anything, yeah. it will be Christopher Nolan's first best picture first director i mean i i would i would <laughs> i saw i think a meme and it was like best supporting actor and it's either going to be like robert downey jr or ryan gosling yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, i would love voting for. i would love that i would love that category um my scene uh involves probably one of the unsung heroes uh of this movie and it's emily blunt uh i thought she was incredible i thought this was probably one of her finest performances um in my opinion um she yes she plays the wife but i thought she brought so much layer and complexity to a role that could have just easily been forgotten yeah. she brought weight to it mm -hmm. and yeah. there was a scene where that weight was introduced where it was between her and jason clark and it's they're sitting down and she's protecting oppenheimer uh, uh, towards the end of the film towards the end of yep. the film yeah 
And it's just a, you know, four minute, five minute back and forth dialogue. And that's that. the scene where it's like, that's see, why you got Emily Blunt. That's why this, you got Emily Blunt. such a small part yeah, yeah, yeah. until it's that, that point. little smirk that she yeah. did. Honestly, it's all the, 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 the minutia. And how she seemed of, so frail, right, mm, leading up to it. Yeah. She seemed like this really delicate alcoholic, yeah. barely yeah. put together. And then she just turns around, like, corrects him on his grammar yeah. and then just uh, dominates that, that Dominates exchange. the shit out of it, has all the power. And yes, you bring... Emily Blunt to that to that conversation and that conversation turns it and that for me proves that like yeah she like she's such a worthy character she she in 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 a field full of men like we have this character this female character that's so dominating and so like powerful um so I thought that was a really empowering scene for for Emily Blunt and it proved why she's in this film so i guess we can move to performances is <laughs> Would I'm that not, be yours? Well, I mean, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with two because obviously it's such an incredible ensemble yeah. cast. Are you gonna go with the the nuclear bomb as your favorite performance? <laughs> or what are you do, huh? Hey, to be honest, what a great performance! No, no, no. I, I do I do forget I do forget the pronunciation of his name, but I I will I will put Emily Blunt up there as well. But David Krumholtz, mm, yeah, um, as Isidore Rabi. Um, I thought he was, and I, you know, I, I, I've seen him in a slew of, you know, films from like the early night, uh, from the late nineties to early two thousands. Um, and, and in this film, oh my God, he brings such a, I don't know, a levity, a, 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 an honesty, well, he's like an authenticity. The, hum, the, the most humane he's character. He's the most humane character, yeah, right? Warm. And like he bring, you know, he gives Oppenheimer oranges, tells him to eat, you know, like it's such a comforting performance in such a tragic, uh, despairing world where, you know, you are faced with creating a fucking thing that will kill us. Like it's something that will, that's earth shattering, uh, or atmosphere shattering. And then we have this, you know, wholesome character that comes in and, you know, tries to bring some sort of warmth. Mm. So he brings that and he's not in every scene. He's, you know, he's as, as all the characters, they intro, which is what's great. Again, I would, I was going to give it to the all ensemble. So, you know, I didn't. <laughs> but because it's such a, a, a huge undertaking, I think everyone knew, everyone understood the task. They knew yeah. that this was such an important film. They knew that Christopher Nolan was not just making his other fucking tenant or whatever. He was making something real, something grounded and everyone brought it. Even mm. if it's like Rami Malek, who doesn't even yeah. does, he doesn't do anything until that one yeah. scene. Yeah. And even then I was like, oh, my God, yeah. how important, like everything felt important. It's like everyone yeah. gave their the performance of their life. Seriously. Yeah. It was, I, it's even so if hard it was one question. line, I was like, it's uh, the most important line. Mm -hmm. It's the most important line and you have to deliver. And they all delivered. Even Florence Pugh. I loved Florence Pugh in this film. I thought she brought such complexity yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah, so I'm. I guess I'm just gonna take that. So for me, I th I think I'm giving it to Florence Pugh just because of how incredible that that character she played. She played so good, especially with like the throwing away the flowers, like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. flowers. Boom. Yeah. Um, but I do have to give it to is it Benjamin Safdie? Yeah, ben yeah, Safdie? yeah, Benny Safdie. Benny Safdie. Yeah, yeah. Benny Safdie. Yeah. Benny Safdie. Yeah. Now that that was also a great performance because you see a change in the character throughout the film from the beginning where he joins and he's like a bit of a quirky, crazy guy. He's like, how about we make it hydrogen? Yeah. You know? And then afterwards, um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and then afterwards he, uh, kind of, I guess, betrays him, but then they're like, ah, you did what you had to do. And then that little moment between him and Oppenheimer when they're 
like I guess they're packing up the Alamos, uh, or it was yeah, like yeah. after. Was it before the hearing or after the hearing? I'm so not after exactly the hearing, sure. They shake hands and then they shake he tries hands. to shake hands with Emily and she doesn't. That was shake when they were giving him the award like later in life. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. It was after the award, I think. Yeah. And they're yeah. like I don't know, I just remember it being like uh like a street with like a gate. Oh it. yeah, that was in Los Alamos. Yeah. That's yeah. that's when they're packing uh, up Los right, Alamos, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think both Florence Pugh and uh Benny Safdi yeah, it's so so tough. Like I mean, even <laughs> like I totally forgot about Rami Malik. I totally forgot yeah, about yeah. Uh, the what's his name uh, the the guy that gives him the oranges. Oh, t- t- uh, David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Josh Hartnett. You've yeah, got, Josh Hartnett, dude. Kenneth Branagh. You've got everyone. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. And like so Florence tough. Pugh, and I'm sorry, but I fucking love Florence Pugh. Yeah, I love. <laughs> Doesn't she give you like this golden age fucking actress who's like yeah, she's she great. feels like she's She's fucking in her 50s, yet she's like only 26 and she's giving the weight yeah. of the world yeah. to all yeah. of her characters. And I'm like, yeah. my God, what an old timey, like, mm-hmm. you know, she, that's like, that's like an old soul in there. Yeah. There's yeah. like an old soul. Wait until you hear my armchair moment. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Florence. Yeah. I was going to say Florence just because every time I see her in a film, you always know that she's going to give like 200%. And this film, for me, she kind of carries a lot of weight because her character is just so fucking dark and you're just like mm-hmm. jesus christ and for me the only like yeah like you feel her pain a lot and you're just like jesus and she's done so well as well like there's so much sorry <laughs> my god no there is so <laughs> there's so much nudity in this film which i was a bit kind of like oh it's kind of weird but it's good for her to kind of get up and do this and like be this vulnerable yeah and it yeah it's interesting. But also, yeah, as again, what you guys, guys were saying, I think it's the first film we've seen where all the background characters are massive actors. Yeah. And everyone just seems important. And, and I, like, even if they have no, like, even the guy from like the boys TV show, oh, I don't think he ever uh, even Jack has Quaid. that many lines. No, Dennis Quaid. No, Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Yeah. But like, I, 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 and you're just like, oh yeah. And I like, you just f- notice the background a lot yeah. more and you are mm. like, Jesus, everyone on this project is so important. And again, yeah, it's just it, like, it gives it weight. It gives it, 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 it Cause usually I find that distracting when every actor in the, is like a, an A-lister or something. Yeah. But then, like you said, it's because they're playing yeah. everyone who's in this, even if they only have a few lines, was actually yeah. like one of the most important scientists of the 20th century. Yeah, they exactly. were the Avengers, basically. Yeah, uh, exactly. physicists. So it makes sense that you insane. hire these larger than life, incredibly yeah. recognizable actors to play them. Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, gosh, it's really difficult. Robert. Um, I mean, no Robert? one said Killian Murphy yet. Bro, yeah, actually, you know yeah, what? Yes, I think, yes, there we go. Boom. But you know what? Like, for me, that was a, like, that's a given. You know, like, it's his yeah. film. Like, and I obviously, yeah, but no one mentioned it's an honorable, it. It's an honorable mention, please. Yeah. Killian, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, I was prepared because I thought somebody would say that first, but the, the, mm-hmm. I, I could have given it to 10 other people. Um, I, I, I really liked Alden Ehrenreich, for example, in this film. Um, oh. Yeah, I really like Casey Affleck. His one scene was so funny, so dark. Yeah, when he's interrogating him and trying to act all chummy, I thought he was mm, incredible. He was really good. Um, but yeah, Killian Murphy. This is Killian Murphy's film. He's in nearly every frame. And yeah. I think he's spellbinding. And this is his moment. I yeah. Think. yeah, to be honest, yeah. it was. He played it of as someone who's so in control, yet out of control at the same time, too. Mm. And someone who bears the weight of the world on their shoulders, but all told through his piercing eyes. He's someone who's like regrets yeah. probably ever making this thing yet had to make this thing. 
because it was a race. Mm. And like I, there was a line in the film where it's like, I think he says it. Um, All right, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> not Peaky Blinders. Um, oh, no, where, where he was like, um, if we don't like, should we tell the Nazis about this, about this explosion? And it's yeah. like, wow, you want to tell the people that you're fighting against about the devastation of this explosion because of how horrific it is. And I don't know, he just had this like, this this glaring stare of like, what the fuck have I done? And mm. I think Kaelin Murphy, like, thank you for bringing him on because like, obviously we have to talk about it. It's his film. And like, yeah. for someone who's played, a, you know, support in, in a lot of Nolan's films since, like since Begins, since Batman Begins, um, I think he so deserves to be put in the front lines here and to be put and to have his own picture. And this is his picture. It's Oppenheimer. This he's is the bomb. Film. He's the bomb. He's the A bomb. <laughs> um, but this is, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I hope he gets all the accolades and, mm. and he's receiving all the praise already. And he's such a transformative actor already. I think Robert Downey Jr. said that it was probably the, the most incredible transformative ex- uh, performance that he's ever seen from an actor mm. and it is it is he carries the fucking and this is a fucking titan of a film to carry by you know yeah so yeah yeah Killian well favorite does quote. have favorite <laughs> quote yeah yeah I actually have a quote go I have one too yeah Shoot. me too so it was me in too, this guys. scene <laughs> Ross Bryce <laughs> um it's in the scene where Killian Murphy well Oppenheimer just finds out that Florence Pooh's killed herself and she's he's in the forest. And Emily Blunt like goes over to him, and obviously starts I think like shaking him. Mm. And which is she's just kind of like, you don't get to commit sin, then mm. basically get people to feel sorry for you. And I'm like again, again, I think it's her kind of biggest not biggest moment in the film, but it's the first time you see her like because the whole time she's either drunk or she's angry, and this is like the first time where she's like, Rah! and I think mm. also. For me, this kind of sums up the whole movie because I'm really pissed off at the film because you kind of feel sorry for Killian Murphy a wee bit. And I've been reading a lot more and listening to podcasts and he is an asshole, like in real life. He's a fucking weirdo. What, Killian or J- oh, no. Jay? <laughs> Oppenheimer. 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 Like yeah. he is not a nice guy at all. It make, the film makes it out that he's quite confused. And I think in real life, he was quite confused after he made the bomb. But apparently on the anniversary, he would kind of, of the bomb, he would kind of parade around as if he was famous. And so it was very kind of conflicting the fact that like, I don't know, I was, yeah, I'm just a wee bit pissed off in the fact that the film kind of makes him out less bad than he is. Mm. I think and I think this line kind of seeing... like sums up a wee bit for me because that's why I was a wee bit pissed off at the film. Mm-hmm. But that's like another tangent for the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I managed to, I had to fiendishly look through IMDb for quotes on, before then. this. Uh, so there's lots I could have picked, but I just went with, uh, genius is no guarantee of wisdom. I thought that was really, and I, that was, um, a line that Lewis Strauss, Robert Downey Jr.'s character uttered. And I thought, um, even though it's different contexts, I thought that was really, re- it resonated with me for what we're living through today. Cause I feel like we're often suffering at the whims of quote unquote geniuses, tech billionaires and, and the mm. such. And just because they have all the money or, or they have all the vision, so to speak, doesn't mean they have the wisdom to actually know what to do with it. Mm. And, you know, that could be connected to governments, to uh, to national forces, to, to forces of marketplace. Mm. I think it's really interesting. I think there's no greater example to that mm. than 
the making of an atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. I'm right. like, you can have the greatest minds in the world, yet every one of them lacked the wisdom to foresee what the fuck they were making. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, great fucking quote. Uh, I I kind of have two uh, ones from Gary Oldman, who surprised me in this film. Oh, yeah, I did he just not, popped up. He just popped up out <laughs> of nowhere. Uh, yeah, he was great. Uh, he plays Truman, uh, mm. President Truman, and he says after they have uh, their conversation with Oppenheimer, don't let that crybaby back in. Yeah, that's, so, I mean, that's, just, that's something Truman actually yeah, yeah, said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Said and, and it's so funny because they literally inv- like, you know, gave all the resources to Oppenheimer to make this thing and then completely disregarded him. Yeah. Mm. Like the American government military just, comp- and then we went on yep. this, you know, epic of, of now he's being confronted, he's being uh, hunted, like one of the greatest, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible how like, oh, you give us what we need. Now let's take you down. It's like, yeah. there's the American government for you. Uh, but there's another one, uh, which was, uh, kind of Brana. He says, uh, you are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves and the world is not prepared. Mm-hmm. And I thought that sums up the terror of this film, the, 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 yeah, the utter yeah. devastation that was made. Mm. Well, for me, I wanted to go with something less serious because it was a very serious film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were funny, like funny parts. There were funny though. parts. Yeah, yeah. You know? there, there were quite there a were few some funny parts. parts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Florence Pugh with the flowers, sunscreen. the sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, that was really good. Um, but yeah, for me, I was going to go with Jack Quinn playing the, the bongo. <laughs> when the spy comes. Or <laughs> <laughs> but that sign well, like, just actually. I know, I know. Of course it was. But otherwise, why put it in there? It looked um, so weird. But sorry, go on, Jabril. Well, yeah, so it's it's when uh, Oppenheimer first meets the British spy guy, uh, Klaus Fuchs. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, since the when, since when are you traitor. British? Yeah. And he's like, since Hitler told me I wasn't German. Yeah, and I thought great. that was a great really line. good line. Yeah, yeah, just because sure. of like the whole spy kind of like undertones of the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so let's go for the armchair moment. If anybody has any armchair moments for me, I'm going to say like straight off the bat, I think Florence Pugh should have had a little bit more of a presence in this film uh, just because of how important she was to Oppenheimer in Oppenheimer's life. Because I, I yeah. listened to a few podcasts just to figure out the a last little bit. podcast on the left. What? Have you heard the last podcast? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. I said, anyway, go on. Um, it was, uh, this is, boy. yeah, sorry. This, this is, is history. history. The rest is history. Um, but yeah, like Florence Pugh, I wish she had more of a performance and more of a role. Yeah. 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 Kind of what I was saying before, like this film for me felt like a bit of a history channel film. Like I went in to learn about Oppenheimer and I learned it and it was like a horror movie, but yeah, I don't know. That was kind of it for me. Like the cinematography was amazing. The sound effects were amazing. Everything was really well made, but, and it was like, it's a very Christopher Nolan film. And like, I think now I know that like his type of films, you know, you're going to do it. Like, I mean, they're a type and he's done his type really well for this one. Like Wes Anderson has his type. Christopher yeah. Nolan has his own brand. His yeah, own exactly. Signature. But you are kind of just like, Christ, like, is he ever going to make something a little bit different? Like, mm. You know, like all the movie, all the females in his movie are sure. just either that is dead, a, that is drunk, a, yeah. mentally ill. And that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. And I get it. This obviously is based in history, so and those two women were kind of like that. So I get mm-hmm. it. You're just like, oh, well, God. like, like for example, the scientists. 
they're like, oh, there's a woman scientist now in the crew. Yeah. You know, like they could have actually given her uh, more of a role. Yeah. That's, like, that's the same for me. Yeah. For Christopher Nolan I mean, has never. Yeah. I, so I, I can I offer but there's a, three hours and there's a lot you have to put into. Can that. I offer like a not even a counter argument, but like a, a counter theory, I suppose. That while also accepting that you're completely right, like I think Christopher Nolan doesn't know how to write female characters. He's never had a good female character in any of his films. Yeah, his deep he seems to suggest he has deeply problematic relationships with them since they nearly always serve to die as to inspire, so to inspire or to motivate characters or complete ciphers. Um, but it almost worked in this film that the two characters yeah. were completely sidelined and barely there because I think this film is primarily told from the warped perspective yeah. of Chris, of uh, Robert Hum, of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah. And according to history and to at least the characterization in this film, he didn't think a lot of women. Yeah. He, dis- yeah. he discarded them regularly. Like there was a telling scene where his brother, his younger brother, is introducing him to the woman oh, who yeah. he ends up marrying, yeah. and he completely. He's like really rude to her and he just yeah. pulls the brother away and he, and he talks down to her because she's a waitress. Yeah. He doesn't even bother to remember her name. And that feels like a throwaway gag because mm. he's like a quirky boffin. But no, it's mm. it's telling that that's how he views women. Yeah. So it makes sense. But does that justify, um, I think, honestly, um, giving Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh kind of thankless roles? Yeah. Or like Florence Pugh giving most of her dialogue while naked in a chair? Yeah. Not necessarily, but it's true to the character of Oppenheimer. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's still bad, but it, it almost made sense in a way. Yeah. That's 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 my attempt to justify I'll be the devil's advocate. Mm, Maybe yeah. it's a bit weak, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't come into a Christopher Nolan film, especially this one, thinking we're going to have um, great female characters. I think all of his filmography has presented a lack in that um, category, which is disappointing, but I think you come to just accept it. I think I came in for the grand visual scheme of it, the operaticness of it, uh, and the fact that I wanted to learn about Oppenheimer, and Mm. I did. Yeah, uh, Much like you did, right? Um, As an armchair moment, ah, yeah, I mean, again, it, it falls into the same kind of uh, lengths as you guys as I, you know, a bit more on, you know, if we're giving all this time and, 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 and commitment to all these other characters, why not give it more to add the actual most interesting of these characters, which is Florence mm. and Emily's um, characters mm. uh, who were this in, these interesting, complicated women in, in that part of history. Um, so yeah, it may, may be a bit more of a balance, but I, mm. again, that maybe would have robbed it away from what it is, which is Oppenheimer. It's yeah. a film about Oppenheimer and it's a film about, yeah, Killian's yeah. performance. So I think a- any, any more would have taken away, would have robbed mm. away from the central premise, the focal point. Mm. Yeah. All right. So for the bonus question, um, does anyone have a bonus question? Or, no. no? <laughs> yeah. Put a bonus question. No, no, because like the other have? time, well, I had a bonus question for the last. Well, because usually it's someone's picked a theme and they 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 pick the bonus question. Yeah, because I mean, like theme. three bonus my, questions. My, the my, last mine time. was going to be your favorite Nolan film. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, fucking, that's fucking boring. <laughs> no, well, yeah, okay. Well, you want to? My okay, question yeah. was: Would you sell out Oppenheimer, or like, would you be on his side or against him in those like hearings? Would you be a oh, communist? Jesus. Yeah. No, so I would mean, you be oh, like geez. the the softy character, or like just like the general character? But I don't think or, he did anything wrong. He, he didn't really do anything. Yeah, wrong. He, just, he, he just he yeah the um it was a kangaroo court right and the um, the biggest sin was that he socialized with. Yeah. Communist slash former communists. Yeah. He was a complete witch hunt. So it's no, a complete witch hunt. Yeah. And there was nothing. There was no evidence to suggest that he was, yeah, legitimately a communist. And I don't. Yeah. Yeah. There's only that. One Would you guys crazy... hang out with commies back then? Dude, they're <laughs> probably Hell great yeah. minds. Yeah. Good parties. <laughs> yeah. Good parties. Yeah. Bohemian. Like, yeah. Fucking, that was yeah, great. dude. Yeah, I guess. Commie, I it, commie was like a trend. People were just like doing that because it was like part of it was a trend. Part of it was an intellectual trend. I socialize with communists now. Yeah. Yeah. All my friends are socialists. And, yeah, yeah. yeah it's there like, we go. Well, yeah. it's different, but okay. Uh, here's, uh, here's, right, here's, now. here's a bonus question. They didn't know that in 1923. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Stalin wasn't even doing his shit yet. Yeah, yeah exactly. All Marxist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's a here's a question for you. How close, if you were part of the Trinity test, how close would you have? You know, uh, out of the, I think there was three sections or maybe four. One being, you know, the closest. I think where Oppenheimer was. And then yeah. there was like four other sections. How close would you have gotten, knowing that you don't know whether this is going to blow the whole, whole the whole world or, up, or if this is just going to be you know your your atomic bomb that you perceive it to be? I think next to Oppenheimer, surely if you're going to die, you might as well just die. Yeah, yeah. go so, go with the blast. Yeah, true that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not white, so I wouldn't have been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. There was any. Was there any? There was uh, one black guy for like. Was yeah. there one thirty seconds? He had like yeah. two lines. And I guess Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but he wasn't a scientist. Yeah, he was just there. Yeah, wasn't he? Was, he? he was with. Uh, yeah, but wasn't he with Robert Downey Jr.? No, no, he was someone else. No, he was playing a scientist too. He I'm was with. Sure. Um, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, he was with he the like, Italian guy. Yeah. He like dropped the, 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 with the Italian yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the other. Yeah, what's? It's not Los Alamos. It was like computation or whatever, because they had like four centers, right? Yeah, that yeah, were yeah. like meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. I wonder what that site is now. Uh, I wonder if they've uh, done Alamos? anything. Or just they've just removed well, everything. Hopefully, it's and that's been reclaimed it. by the indigenous people. But <laughs> yeah. but there was, there was yeah that's a, that's an armchair thing. They didn't mention yeah. how they completely robbed indigenous peoples yeah. of their lands to no, build no, no, that they, site. They didn't. No, at the end, it, yeah. they were like, just give it back to the yeah, Indians. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. but why don't you show them like tearing well, this land the, away from the, the beginning from the Native Americans no? in the beginning of the film? No, they told them about like how he moved down south to the Alamos and he like became a horse rider and he like. Learned about the land. Yeah, but I'm saying they didn't cousin. show the scenes where the government kicks oh, people off their people. land oh, to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, set no, up no, those. Yeah, no. that could have been a good political yeah. like moment for for the film for yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's America, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, once again, then, it's about Oppenheimer. Though. Yeah, and then the yeah, people, don't you like the people, Nazis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the people around that state um, suffering from long term uh, radiation effects. Does that happen? Yep. For 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 now. Now we're seeing we're still seeing effects from from um, the the radius impact, uh, not only on indigenous people, but like people that live just like in towns like, mm. you know, all around that like have, you know, cancer or all sorts deformed mm. babies or. Yeah. All right. Cool. It's no bueno. Nuclear weapon is no good. No good. I don't like it. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> OK. All right. So. um Let's do ratings real quick. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, eight poison apples. 
Oh, nice. 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 Um, uh, okay. Uh, Time. Fuck. <laughs> Nine, uh, oh God. All right. I wouldn't, I, I almost want to give it 10, but I can't because I've just only seen it once and I won't ever give a film I've seen one, just once that higher rating. So I'll right now give it nine out of 10 bongo drums. Hey, <laughs> Jack Quaid, bongo drums. <laughs> As he sorry. celebrates the atomic bomb. Sorry, uh, I'm going to give it, I'm sorry, I'm going to go there. 10 A-bombs out of 10. Oh, nice. I know. That's, nice. Imagine that, yeah. that's our world destroyed. Um, I'm going to give it nine out of 10 cigarettes. He died because he smoked Chesterfields. Yeah, Chesterfields. And he died throat cancer because of smoking. Well, on that note, thank you for listening. And uh, I'm just going to say like, share, subscribe, comment, give us a, a thumbs up or whatever. And ciao for now, my people. Thank you. Yeah.